0: From the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. So let's close this module up with that overview of similarities and differences. And um, I love this one because the... the, the the balance is off here in, in a good way. We have five slides that talk about similarities and only two that talk about differences. The The initial slide, the same one that we saw in person, names of persons, you know, the RDA and ACR 2 are conceptually different codes. You, you You have to understand that and accept that. And authority work under each code has many similarities, but that has, that's, that's that's usually just coincidence. Um, there are some major differences in the way RDA and AACR2 look at authority work. Nothing can be the thorough reading and understanding of RDA. Now, I'm not I'm not telling you to go home and start it from the beginning and go all the way through the end. But I want you to be comfortable with navigating in RDA. And I want you to be able to tell me where rule certain instructions are located in RDA so in order to do that you have to start playing around and if I'm your NACA reviewer as an RDA as you become an RDA cataloger I'm going to be sure that you can tell me where you found these instructions Because I'm not going to take it for granted that you're just uh, it's it, it's possible that you picked up something that you knew from ACR2 but I want you to verify that it actually is there in RDA as well So the similarities, mark coding and field order, punctuation and spacing, additions to names, data added to the authority record, but we're putting it in a different location in some cases, NACO normalization, ambiguous entities. Haven't really talked about those much until now throughout all of this workshop, But the um, subject headings manual H405 still is there to talk about, you know, that division of the world. Where where do we split up categories of corporate entities? Some may be set up as um, in the NACO file, some in the SECO file. You're still going to want to consult that document as you become an RDA cataloger. A new NAR for a name change, same policy as AACR2. If it changes its name, if it's a significant name change, we create a new authority record and link them, uh, the the former authorized access point with the uh, current authorized access point. Those three basic principles that we always stress in NACO training, these were never really actually documented in AACR2, but for the purposes of training. In Naco, we always said, you know, to simplify the way people look at corporate bodies, you make three simple decisions or answer three basic questions. Is it a government body or not? That's the first question. Is it direct entry or subordinate entry? And then finally, what do you add or what do you omit? I think you can follow that same practice when you're working with RDA, coming up with the preferred name for that corporate body. These were sort of like higher level decisions you have to make before you plunge into the rules themselves. Direct entry is really the default choice. That, you know, we, the, those subordinate types are only if you have to do it subordinately, the, the, you are encouraged to do direct entry. The preferred sources for determining the preferred name in 11212, check that out. I'd like you to be comfortable with that. Some more similarities. Official language of the body is used in setting up the authorized or the preferred name or the authorized access point. We still use provisional coding. That's in chapter eight. We still will have that C coding in the 00833 if we don't have the language expertise we need to establish an authorized access point in the language we want. Minor name changes are considered just as they were under ACR2. You won't create a new authority record, but you'll treat the minor changes as a variant access point, possibly, if you decide to apply your cataloger's judgment and do that. Those subordinate entry instructions are still there uh, with the new RDA instruction and the old ACR2 rule on the slide for you to use as a, uh, uh, to link back and forth to show what happened to those instruction, those rules in RDA. And then the direct or indirect subdivision rules that we know from AACR2 about the number of intervening bodies to include in creating a heading in AACR2 or an authorized access point in RDA are still in or have been carried over into RDA. The types of qualifiers, the, the, the big seven are still in RDA. The omission of terms of incorporation unless that term is needed to suggest corporateness to the heading are the same as in, in AACR2, omission of in, initial articles. The decision that you make whether a conference is named or unnamed, that mental exercise you go through really is about the same now. Those inverted references that um, so many of us are used to seeing and coding in as, as variants, as 4XXs, are not required because they are not considered a core element. The the variant access point is not core in RDA. So you can let those go. If you feel they're helpful, by all means, go ahead and add them. Um, The last slide on similarities, qualifiers and the order in which they are added, if more than one are the same. Here's the, the instruction to refer to. You need to establish place names used as additions to authorized access points or at least check that they're already established in the LC NACO file. Uh, That's something uh, that you need to do when it's used as an addition to an authorized access point. You don't need to go to that authority, do that authority work if you're using the name of a jurisdiction, though, in a 370 field. Remember, you would use the form it would take as an addition, but you don't actually have to set up the authority record, the authorized access point for the place. You still don't need to establish institutions used as additions to authorized access points for conferences. You know, and again, that's that um, little bit of extra freedom that we've always given to institutions. OK, some differences. Only two slides here, and, and then we're going to finish this, this um, section. AACR2 had a very funny LCRI about uh, the situation where you had a full form and a brief form presented in the same source, and you were coming, you were creating a heading, and it would tell you which one to choose. But it said if you opted for the um, the short form, the brief form, you needed to first search in the NACO authority file and see if that form had been used already. It was a real convoluted. Uh, um, mental exercise you needed to go through. We don't have that in RDA. You don't need to worry about that. You're, you're basing your, your decision on the preferred name based on what's presented to you and you don't have to go to the authority file to search. The inclusion of those periodicity terms in preferred names for conferences such as biennial, annual, are a new uh, feature of RDA that we would not have done in the ACR2. And the fact that we're creating a new authority record for every instance of an ongoing conference in RDA, if you're using that access point in a monograph, bibliographic record is a, is a new uh, feature of RDA and NACO. Uh, there's no treat as non-government body rule, as in LCRI 24.2c. That was a very complex rule about how we treated government bodies that had a higher body that was entered directly and not under the name of its government. We followed different subordination rules for those. Those are of uh, that type of um, situation does, is not an RDA consideration, which I think is quite good. It was a complex and con- sort of convoluted LCRI. There's a lot more catalogers judgment on adding qualifiers. There still are some that we require for churches, radio, and TV stations. That's required, but a lot more judgment on all those others. No addition on the uh, number of locations added to an authorized access point for a conference. And the use of subfield uh, WRI in place of C also earlier later references. We have an LC policy on that. PCC has not developed a policy, so you will be seeing uh, 5XXs with with different subfield coding than you're used to seeing in AACR2 in RDA records in the future. So those slides were pretty full. There was a lot of information there, but I think the overall thing to remember is don't fear. If you are a good AACR2 authorities cataloger, you won't have any trouble with RDA. We were stressing similarities here, and there are a lot more similarities than differences. And the final bullet, most of Chapter 11 in RDA is really lifted from ACR2 Chapter 22 with very little change, but some nice examples, some new examples, updated examples that I think are very helpful. So we'll give you a little quiz now just sort of to test everything that we've talked about in this module. And then we'll say you're done. I think this is probably one of the most complex areas of authority work. And if you are able to get a good grasp on this in RDA, I think you'll have no problems with really any other type of authority work. So thanks very much. Good luck. Look forward to seeing all those RDA authority records coming in from you guys.